Welcome back. I am Maxwell Bomba coming to you from No Ceilings with another bonus episode here. We've got a special interview with one of the most under the radar prospects, in my opinion, in this upcoming NBA draft. A guy I'm a huge fan of and a guy that I think really deserves a lot more attention. And that's why we brought him on here today. Uh, this last season, he played for the Santa Cruz Warriors in the NBA G League. He scored 13 points per game, 44% from the field and 40% from three on six attempts per game. So you know it's real because the volume is there. Folks, I'm joined by Caleb Ledoux. Caleb, how are you doing today? Man, I'm, I'm blessed, man. I can't complain. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Uh, really excited to have you on the show. Um, like I said, you're kind of flying under the radar. I think a lot of people weren't really aware of the fact that you were going to be in this draft. Um, you know, I saw you playing in the G League watching the Ignite guys, and then I saw you were eligible, and I was like, oh, man, like I got to brush up on film because this guy can play. Uh, for people that haven't seen you before, how would you describe your game? Uh, for people that haven't just seen me play, I would definitely describe my game as uh, obviously a shooter. You know, I feel like I can shoot the ball really well. Um, I also like an athlete. You know what I'm saying? I'm one of those guys that can play above the rim as well, being a 6'4 or like a 40-plus vert. So, um, and a high-energy guy. You know what I'm saying? I usually – you know, I love defense. I love to guard the team's best player. I love to hound them. So just a high energy guy, you know, a shooter, just very athletic. So that's what I would that's how I would describe it. That's pretty spot on. I kind of kind of agree with your assessment of yourself there. I like that. So um let's go back to kind of the very beginning here. What got you into basketball initially? Like when you were a kid, were there guys that you liked to watch growing up? Were you a fan of a team? What sort of got you into the sport? Man, they only had one person I competed with every day. I only wanted to be better than one person, and that was my twin brother. Like, yeah, the only you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just what it was. Like, we competed versus each other every day, and even before it was basketball, it was just kind of whatever furthest, you know, whatever it was. Like, we we competed against each other like crazy. So I think that's that's where it came from. That's where the love started to go from for sure. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of people know this. Your brother is also a, a professional basketball player, like a legit pro high-level player in Europe. Um, having him kind of grow up alongside you, what was that like? Was it all, was it like, was it cool with you guys? Like, are you guys eating dinner together and it's, it's chill at the dinner table or were you guys like kind of at each other's throat all the time, both being high-level basketball players? Ah, uh, man, it's definitely pretty cool being that like, obviously he went pro before me, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I got to like, I got to see some of, you know, some of the, the, I guess the road, the path he had to take and just kind of see how the pro-life is, dealing with agents, dealing with, you know, the, all that type of stuff. But, um, yeah. At night, it's pretty chill. You know what I'm saying? By <laughs> every single thing, but like, you know, we'll cool it at dinner, you know? It's not, it's not too hectic at dinner. That's nice. That's nice. So coming up, uh, when you were in high school, what was your like recruitment like back then? Because uh, you, I feel like you were a player who's kind of had like a real steady ascent. Like it's been a real kind of step by step thing. When you were coming out in high school, um, did you think that playing pro was going to be a possibility at that point, or was it like a, I just got to keep working kind of a thing? One hundred percent. Honestly, like 
and my grandmother tell you I was delusional. Like I felt like <laughs> I could have went to the NBA right out of high school. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's just what it was. That's how competitive I was. That's how like, as far as like scholarships and stuff, we were still under the radar. You know, we're from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. It's not really that much scouting services and things like that. And we weren't we weren't big in the AAU, like playing AAU mm-hmm. kind of caught on to that late. So yeah, yeah. Not a lot of people got to like got to like eyes on us and things like that. So um, but our junior year going into our senior year, luckily our high school coach took us to like this uh this tournament in Texas, and it was like a high school type of thing. And then that's when it all happened. Like most people don't know is we basically both got offered from Oklahoma State, the Cowboys. Oh man, okay. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's pretty much hook, line, and sinker where we we're gonna go. They came visit us, yada yada. Went on the unofficial, everything like that. And then, um, sadly, like my brother had trouble with like his ACT score. Couldn't get his ACT okay. score up high enough. And then, um, to me at that time, like us splitting didn't even it didn't. Mm-hmm. Kind of just felt like if we were good enough, you can make it from anywhere. And that's how we felt. That's really cool. So, yeah, so you guys end up initially at McNeese. Um, you play two seasons there, and then you transferred up. Uh, to Louisiana Tech after those first two years. Um, you had back right. then, this is before the transfer portal. This is back in the day. You have to sit out a year. You have to take a redshirt season. What is that process like? It, you know, like as this athlete, like you play these two seasons, you're gaining momentum, you transfer up, and now you have this year, you're going to a, to a bigger school, a better school, but you just got to wait a year. Is that frustrating or is it like one of those things where like developmentally you were like, actually it was great. Like what was that experience like for you? Uh, I would say a little bit of both. Obviously once you first, once you first decide, you know, you want to leave, you, you get hit with the realism that you, you know, you got to sit out a whole year, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And then I kind of just, I didn't want to feel sorry for myself cause I knew I wanted to move up. I knew I wanted to make a change. So like, I kind of just shifted mm-hmm. my focus at like, okay, I know I'm sitting out this year. Like, how can I get better? You know what I'm saying? I want mm-hmm. to use all this time and, you know, just get as much as I can out of it. So that's how I looked at it. It was definitely, it's definitely hard. It's definitely frustrating, um, you know, because you practice every day with the guys, but you never can play. Or when they yeah. travel, you never can leave with them. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it was it was definitely one of the toughest times for me. But the work and, like, how much better I got as a player and the things I learned, like, just watching the game, like – you know, I would, I would do it. I'd probably do it over like that if I could, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really cool to hear that, you know, you kind of use it as just sort of this growth opportunity and it, and it showed on the court too. So um, like something that we talk about in no ceilings a lot is the idea of like scalability. Like do, does what you do at this level work when you move up and you play better competition? And I think it's right. really impressive that you, you know, played at McNeese, you transfer up to Louisiana tech, real strong program always at the top of conference USA and your numbers were better at Louisiana tech basically than they, than they were at McNeese. Um, What do you kind of attribute that to? Was there anything in particular that clicked specifically that you were like, this was the difference between McNeese, Caleb Ledoux and Louisiana tech, Caleb Ledoux. Uh, nah, not really. I just feel like 
I'm a worker. Like I'm a blue collar mm-hmm. worker. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like genuinely, I feel like no matter what situation I'm put in, like I'll work hard and adapt to whatever situation I'm in. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As far as like on the court. So um, that's just what it was. You know, I seen the, uh, like the high praise they gave their players, how like top notch of a program it was and how they, how they really like made winning like a priority. It's not just, yeah. just kind of, you know what I'm saying? Once I just, mm-hmm. I soaked all that in, seen it. And then seeing what I had to do to basically be effective on the court, I just that's what I did. So that's 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 awesome. And then uh, so then you finish up, you graduate there. Um, last season, your name was not in the draft pool, and you ended up playing with the Santa Cruz Warriors. Um, so you end up playing. You've got a year of pro basketball under your belt right. now, headed into the draft. Um, obviously, I, I kind of ran through your stats earlier. You had a very good season in the G League. Um, but I mean, obviously like it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Like it's easy to sit here and be like, he was good in college. Then he played good in the G league, but there's right, obviously right, right. adjustments that you have to make. What were like the biggest adjustments for you going from playing, you know, like high, high mid major college basketball to then playing in a like legitimate tough professional league? Uh, I would definitely say the first thing that caught me off guard was the speed for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the speed of the game is very fast. A lot of possessions. Um, you also got to be able to, like, catch on to things quick, you know. Coaches don't really like to repeat themselves much, you know, because you're a pro now. It's not like, you know, like it's it's a million guys they'll, they'll <laughs> find and trade quick, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I so, think in um, your, in your situation, too, where you were, like, they knew you were going to be draft eligible this next year, it's, right. it's one of those things where it's like they don't really have incentive to play you, which to me is, like, one of the most impressive things about your season was that you ended up – you know, starting a lot of games, playing in every game, playing 27 minutes a night, and they didn't really even have incentive to keep you around. It was just 100%. being that good. So, I, thing, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. No, I was going to say, yeah, keep going. Cause I think that's like important for people to contextualize is to understand Another that, like, thing as well there's a lot of like, people that could have there instead. People don't know is like what I did was something called a local player tryout. And basically, oh, man. Okay. Basically, what that is, is you pay for a workout to play on, you know what I'm saying, to try out for the team. And, Obviously, majority of the people don't – it don't happen for them. So, yeah, just being that, first of all, like you said, being a draft-eligible guy and being that they didn't have to play me at all but still started me a lot of games and really played me high minutes, but also being a local player trial guy where usually those guys don't – they don't get respect, you know what I'm saying, at first. Mm-hmm. Like, because everybody else on the team has either been drafted, has either been, like, in the NBA and came down, yeah. Or like a two-way player or just went to training camp or something. So you ultimately don't I was and sent I was pretty much a walk-on if you want me to be honest. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So for me to go in there and play as hard as I did and earn obviously the coach's respect for, for them to play me and be one of the guys on the team, like I feel like that just shows like the hard work and the you know the dedication towards the game for sure. Definitely. So when you, when you did that tryout, um, what is like the level of competition at something like that? Like, is it guys like yourself who are like legit D one players? Is it guys like me who were the eighth man on their freshman team in high school? <laughs> like what, like, what are we talking about here? Is it just kind of a mix of everything? Nah, it was some legit, it was, it was some legit guys in there. Like, um, to be mm-hmm. honest, like, and if you want me to sit here and say, like, when I went to the workout, I thought I was going to get drafted. I didn't think that at all. Yeah, like they had yeah. some. They had some legit guys in there. Some guys that 
that maybe had played in the NBA or something and then went overseas mm-hmm. or played in summer league, just didn't get didn't signed or anything like that. And mm-hmm. they a lot of high level, like, like a guy from like UConn, he got like a lot of followers on Instagram, like a dunker. Mm-hmm. It's like okay. a lot of high caliber guys you see in there. Like mm-hmm. a lot of, yeah, just like a lot of high caliber guys for sure. Cause I think a lot of people just sort of misunderstand in general, like the quality of play in the G league. Like, I think a lot of people just don't process through it. The fact that it's like, you then have the best college players and then the best college players are trying to make it here. A lot of them don't even make it here and they go other places. And like, it's just such, it's such like a grind just to even get to that level of it. No, nah, it, um, it is. It is for sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's enough kind of respect put on guys that, come out into the like through the draft process playing in the g league like i think a lot yeah, of people yeah. are like oh it like is. it's you know college is better and it's like college is maybe has more exposure but it's it's not better it's yeah, not better the guys, than the g league the guys you play in there are pros like mm-hmm. that's 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 the, the honest truth about it it's no it's no easy night it's no or they got this mixed this perception like people don't play defense in the g league that's why the score is so high that's that's false Mm-hmm. Um, like it's definitely a lot of like miss, you know what I'm saying? Misconceptions about the G league, but, um, now those guys are pros. Those guys treat the game like pros. Um, and like the, all those guys are trying to sign million dollar contracts. So nobody take yeah. anything light. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that's just what it is for sure. Well, and, and like, there's the opposite side of that same coin too, where like for a lot of guys, it's like, if I'm not making it here, like that might be it. Like that might be the end of the road for me trying to make it to right. the NBA. So it's like, not only like people scratching clawing for those big opportunities, but it's guys just scratching clawing just to hang on just to kind of keep the dream alive. So it's, uh-huh. it's tough, man. Yeah. Um, so one of the biggest things that kind of jumped out to me, uh, went back, watched some of your college film, watched some of your film from the G league this year. The biggest difference to, to me on paper, and you might you might disagree, you might see some other stuff that you're like, actually, I was much better at this than I was in college. Okay. But to me, the biggest difference was your playmaking. Um, in college, it felt like you were kind of more used as a guy, you know, coming off screens, shooting, things yes. like that. Where in the G League this year, we saw a lot more like passing, playmaking, going to the basket, keeping your head up, like the read, like, and not just basic reads. Like I think a lot of times, like guys that are shooters, it's like, I either shoot it or I just pass it really quick. But Mm -hmm. there were some plays where you go on the pick and roll and like, you're seeing more than just the roll, man. You're seeing the whole floor, things like that. Um, So that was like a really noticeable difference to me in terms of college Caleb versus pro Caleb. Um, Was that something you'd specifically worked on or was that something that you felt like you had? It just systematically wasn't something that really came up in your college game. I think it was a little bit of both. I mm-hmm. definitely had it, but um, obviously going to that level, um, playing faster, playing against longer, more athletic guys, you gotta you gotta sharpen that. So I felt like throughout the year, I just got better and better at it. Um, obviously I couldn't I couldn't do it every time I wanted just because of the role I had. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I do feel like the time I, you know what I'm saying, could show it. I felt like I did show that, and I also do. I agree with you. I feel like that was the biggest like the biggest step in my game. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I, I mm-hmm. could always shoot. Um, I could always drive because, like I said, I'm athletic, but just really reading the floor and making, making people around me better, for sure. Um, so one thing I, I that I, I like about your game, too, is as a shooter, um, there's a lot more variety to your shooting than a lot of shooting specialists. A lot of guys can catch it, put it up, and make it. Um, with your game, you've got a whole array of sidesteps, step backs, you know how to fill the perimeter. You know how to get yourself open. You can create your own shot a little bit. 
Um, can you talk about that evolution in your game and like what what is your process like as far as just improving on your shooting? Because it's always been like a consistent skill, but to have your percentage go up when you play in a professional league was really impressive. So what what did you kind of work on as far as getting your shot to, to the level that it was this past season? Uh I think the biggest, the biggest, uh, the most important thing for me is obviously getting up reps, you know. You want to be confident. You want to feel like every because I literally feel like every shot I shoot is going in. That's just mm-hmm. what it is. But um, the biggest thing for me to keep evolving is, like, I'm I'm still a student of the game. I started basketball late, you know what I'm saying? But, like, so, like, you might got somebody my age might be better. But the strides I took to get in, it's been mm-hmm. ridiculous, you know what I'm saying? So I'm still constantly learning. Like, I didn't even use the sidestep really until I got to Santa Cruz. And that's for me just – yeah. Here, my coaches say, like, okay, you can get it off now. Now you gotta, you gotta worry about stand on the line when they fly past you and things like that. So you said the coaches get in the gym, put. Yeah, it's, there's a lot that goes into it, and and I think it's it's good to do these interviews so people can kind of understand that sort of stuff too. Um, as far as your game, are there any players in particular that you sort of study or model your game after, or would compare yourself to at all? Uh, my favorite player is James Harden. I don't think we play anything alike unless you play me in like, like <laughs> open gym or something. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? yeah. Just recently, just seeing like, okay, where my role would be, where I could possibly get a job at in the NBA. I just been kind of watching like, like a Gary Payton, you know what I'm saying? Somebody that yeah. you know plays defense really well, can shoot the ball. Just guys like that, just kind of the three and D guys. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when I, th- I think Payton's kind of an interesting comparison to you because like you're both able to get up. Like they'll like run lob plays for him and things like that. And that's something like yeah. I've seen games where like, you just have these crazy putback dunks in traffic, and it's like, oh man, like that's not something you usually see out of like a six four shooter. So that's 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 kind of a good one. Um, last one of the kind of final things I want to touch on because I always think this is is interesting is. Um, what is a day in the life like for you right now? And what are you sort of focused on most in your game as you prepare to take this step sort of through the draft process? Oh, man, a day in the life is pretty much me and my twin. We get up at 7 o'clock in the morning. We drive to uh, go hit weights around places like around 20, 20 minutes away. Um, we hit weights there for an hour. We do conditioning. And then we got a two-hour workout after. That from eleven to two of my guy Jason out here in Dallas basketball bomb, um, chill, not as taxing on like getting reps. So um, and it's that's it's on it's on repeat. You know, I only take Sundays off, mm-hmm. but uh, every other day I'm just kind of I'm getting to it. And um, for me personally. Uh, the things that I'm looking to take in the next summer that I'm working on, well, this year that I'm working on is um, I'm shooting way deeper now, like okay, six or seven feet behind the line, like I can shoot all right effortlessly, whether that's off the dribble, catch and shoot, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then one of the biggest things me and uh, my trainer Jason been working on is um, pick and roll. I feel like I don't know when that time will come or if it ever will, but if ever a team will want to see how I can, you know, play make and handle the ball in pick and roll situations, like we'll be ready for that. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm a, a very good pick and roll player. I just, you know, hopefully one day I get to show it. So. That's that's awesome. That's it's all the kind of stuff you want to hear too, given kind of your role and things like that. And you know, talking about shooting further behind the line, I think that's like something we're just seeing more and more now is just any additional spacing that you can get out of your shooters, the further and further back they can hit from. It opens up so much for everybody else, really stretches that defense then. Um one la- another thing I kinda want to touch on with you, because I think this is interesting to hear. Are there any other players in this draft class, guys either that you played against, played with at various points or whatever, that you feel are being slept on by the consensus? That you think, like, this guy is better than he is getting credit for? In the draft class? Uh, I don't... Because i obviously been a year removed from a uh, year removed from college and Mm-hmm. I did not keep up with any college basketball. It's tough, but yeah, I mean, you're a pro athlete, so it's not like you're sitting around watching but, TV all day, too. So. <laughs> yeah, not for sure. But I will. I'm, I'm sorry, you cut out of me a little um, bit. Oh, you can hear me? Yep, I got you. We back? Yeah. Okay, but uh, so I don't have any college players for you in the draft class, but I will say my twin brother, Jacob Ledoux, you know, he should be in summer league this summer. He played two years in Europe, you know, average 20 plus each year, did exceptionally well. So, um, obviously, it's not in the draft class, but yeah, dang, we'll take it. Making noise for sure. 100%. Hey, that's it. We're here, we're all about the under the radar guy, so we'll, we'll yeah. take it. Uh, and then the last question I want to end on has nothing to do with basketball. Uh, but okay. if you could have anything in the world for dinner right now. You don't have to worry about working out tomorrow. You don't have to worry about a budget. You don't have to pay for it. Anything in the world, what would you have for dinner right now? That's easy. Crawfish. Easy. Great answer. Easy call. Great answer. (laughs) I like, I love it. I love it. I'm all about crawfish. So uh, definitely, definitely a good answer there. Caleb, it's been awesome talking to you, man. Uh, Really appreciate you taking the time to be here. So uh, before we go, anything you want to anything you want to plug? Any closing messages? Where can people find you on social media? Uh, my Instagram is underscore five Caleb. You know you can find. I don't have a Twitter. Uh, my agent kind of been on me about that. I'm gonna get to it. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, you know that's my Instagram. You know mm-hmm. I'm all about like I feel like I've always been the underdog. So if they got any kids out there, anything that want to reach out for advice, anything like that. I'm definitely the guy to talk to. You know, I feel like I jumped a lot of obstacles and I'm still jumping a lot of obstacles. So mm-hmm. there you go. Awesome. Caleb, thank you so much. As always, it's a pleasure uh, to have you on the show. Go follow him on Instagram. Check out his film if you haven't already. I'm telling you guys, if it, there's 58 picks in the draft. There are not 58 guys more talented right now than Caleb do. Um, firm, firmly believe that. Um, you can always follow us on social media at no Stealings NBA, and you can follow me on Twitter at boundboards at B A U M boards. Thank you guys for joining us. Man, I appreciate you for having me, bro.